exists high, but he looks low. See us right where we are. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, right now, we thank you that holy is your name, and that you are worthy to be praised, and that you are a saving God, that you are our Redeemer. We thank you that Jesus did die on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave and is now exalted and seated at the right hand of you. And Lord, we want to learn more about our, our Lord and Savior, how we can be better men and better women of God, how we can truly be your saints, your children, living out your word. So Father, I pray right now, all of you, none of me, to preach your word to us, your people, that we will grow closer to you and be better servants of you. To you be all the glory and the power, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you could turn with me to 1 Kings in the Old Testament, 17 chapter. I'll be looking at verses 17 to 24. And if you can maybe help me announcing this title, telling your neighbor, trusting under trial. Look to your left, Lord, look behind or someone else's band. Let's make sure they get the title. Tell them, trusting under trial. As we're turning to 1 uh, Kings, the 17th chapter, uh, looking at uh, this widow who has a trial come her way. And we want to see how trusting she was under this trial. And I want us to look at things that might hinder us from trusting God and seeing God moving in our lives and see how, when we do trust him, how we can see him moving in our lives. In 1 Kings 17, chapter, reading from the New Revised Standard Version, the Word of God says, After this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill. His illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. She then said to Elijah, what have you against me, O man of God? You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. But he said to her, give me your son. He took him from her bosom and carried him up into the upper chamber where he was lodging and laid him on his own bed. He cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I am staying by killing her son. Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. The Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. The life of the child came into him again and he revived. Elijah took the child, brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and gave him to his mother. Then Elijah said, see your son is alive. So the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is true. Praise God for his word. Amen. Trusting under trial. We pick up here in this text now, it says it's been some time that Elijah has been with her. And when he first met her, she was ready to die. Not even that, not even in that, that she was also ready to say goodbye to her son. She was ready to eat her last meal and say goodbye to this world. But while she was out gathering sticks and getting ready to prepare her last meal, God 
sent Elijah there, picked her out out of this non-faithful people, these people that worship an idol God, the, the home where Baal and Asherah are, where those prophets come from. God sent his servant, his prophet, his man of God there to this one woman who was ready to die. But then she realized that he says, as soon as the Lord lives, your barrel will not run in. And so now they've been eating well. Uh, her son's health is probably vital and strong in him. But then now we pick up at some time later. Her son fell ill. H have you been there before in your life when things are going good? And then sometime later, <laughs> some things went bad. Uh, you was doing all right. Then you get a phone call from somebody. You were doing all right, but you had a regular schedule checkup with your doctor, and he comes back with some news that you did not want to hear. You were doing all right when somebody called and told your child was in trouble. You were doing all right until you got a call from your spouse saying your marriage is in trouble. It's amazing how when things are going all right, how trouble can just show up. And she was doing all right. And then when she saw her son struggling for breath, you see that in the text, he was struggling for breath, that he became almost that he was without breath, and, and look what came to her remembrance. It wasn't the God that provided her with food that she never had to go out shopping for, that every time she went to the barrel that it never went empty. Do you see that in the text? Just go ahead and check it out. Read it for yourself. Every time she went there, it did not, she didn't have to go out to get some. God kept on giving her more. And more. Same way how he was able to take five loaves and two fish and, and multiply that. Our guys are multiplied. Tell somebody, guys are multiplied. He can, he can take little and make much. And so she, she, she didn't go to God about that. She went to Elijah and says, are you reminding me of my sin? Think about it for a moment. Have you ever been there when you heard that bad news? You received that phone call. You got that doctor's report. You started thinking, why me? You start thinking, what have I done to deserve this. And sometimes you don't have to think long because many of us know what we have done to have, have this. Sometimes we, we go to God and say, Lord, uh, please forgive me of my sins. When calamity comes or when problems come, you start being reminded of your sins. And I can hear God saying, uh, which one? <laughs> it's been so long you've come to me. Uh, uh, you know you got a list. I, I need to be a little bit more specific about what your problem has been. You see, when we are away from God, there's some roadblocks that try to stop us from coming to him. This widow realized her son is falling ill. She thought everything was all right because God was blessing her house. We think we're all right when we got a good job. Our car starts every time we put our key in. Uh, we always got some money at the ATM machine. It never laughs at you like it used to laugh at me sometimes. Uh, you, you always have a friend that can give you a ride if your car don't go down. It seems like everything's going all right and you forget about God but when things start going wrong then you start reminding yourself about some things you should have done that you did not do you start thinking about all the things that are undone it does not get specific about what this widow's calamity her sin her fault was but she know tell somebody you know oh yeah y'all didn't want to tell that to somebody did you you didn't want to hear it about yourself but the problem is that you know you know what the problem is. Uh, you know exactly your issues and what's stopping you from going to God in times of trials and time. And what we're looking at here is that she was not being tempted. She was just being tested. There's a difference here. See, God does not tempt man. Temptation comes from our own 
evil desire. But God will try man. He will try you out and see how faithful you really are. If you don't believe me, just go ahead and ask Job uh, and see what Job can tell you. Yes, God will try me, but I can tell you that he's faithful because uh, we know how Job was doubly blessed uh, than what he was before. You can understand here how the enemy will try to make you think your sin is a reason why you're having problems and that's why God is doing this to you. But you need to forget trying to listen to the enemy and say, God, what more can I do? Saying, Lord, it's me right here standing in the need of prayer. Lord, this is my situation. Too many times we want to go around this, the problem. We want to try to be so clever with God. We're going to talk around it. But just go ahead and tell him it is what it is. It's not this. It's not that. This is my problem, God. This is what I need help with, Lord. This is my weakness. This is my problem. Lord, here it is. Sometimes we want to be so holy and down and say, Lord, just forgive me for my sin. Get specific. Oh, let, let the enemy hear that you know that you know that you know that what you're doing is wrong. Let the enemy know I'm not doing that anymore. Oh, oh enemy, you had me locked up in this drug habit. You had me locked up in sleeping around. You had me locked up smoking weed and dealing drugs. But enemy, I have asked God to forgive me of these sins. I know that they're wrong, and I'm going to stop doing this wrong. But yet we don't see her saying that. <laughs> we just see her going to the prophet and saying, uh, have you? Come here to remind me of my wrongs. Because not here in this time of the Old Testament, the prophets represented God. The prophets were the mouthpiece of God. The prophets spoke for God. So therefore, she understood that as the prophet can give a blessing, the prophet can also give a curse. She realized the prophet was blessing her because food was not going empty in her house. But you see, she was okay with the food being all right, but as soon as her son got struck, old problems started rising. In our lives, there's some things that we can say goodbye to, but there's some things we try to hold on to. This widow has lost her husband, but yet her son is all she has. See, she lost the one that's providing for her, but now she's trying to provide for her son, hoping one day he can grow up and provide for her. So her son is not just her baby boy, but this is her hope. This is her expectation of somebody to carry on her legacy. One way in order for you to live forever is having children. And the only child she had is dying. So all that she had is about to be given away. And let's drive this a little bit further. Did not God say he, for he loved the world that he gave his only begotten son? So there's something very specific when all you got is one child. That's why we, we, some of us get jealous of that only child because how spoiled they get. But don't you want to, aren't you glad that God spoiled us with his only son? You see, there's some, a blessing when there's only one child. That means that child gets all the love. <laughs> All the attention. And I'm glad that that's how God is, that even though we have over a billion of children here on this earth, God can spoil each and every one of us individually. But this widow is right now, see her son dying, and when she sees her son dying, she starts thinking the wrongs that she has done. She starts thinking that, what have I done to cause this to happen to my child? What has happened? And then Elijah looks at her and says, give me the child. Elijah says, okay, I, I know what to do. I'm, what I'm trying to show you here is that the widow thought I'd go to Elijah to fix the problem, but Elijah knew I know I go to God to fix the problem. In our times of struggles, in our times of heavy tribulations, in our times of being tested, do not forget to call out to God. 
He is more than able to help you. He is a present help, not only in the time of trouble when things are going good. He's a present help. You see, God is ready and available for us to call on his name. And, and at this time before Jesus came, yes, they had to go to the priest to go to God. But I'm so glad that when Jesus died on the cross, did you not see in the text how the record shows how the temple curtain was split from top to bottom, from bottom to top, showing that no longer do I need to go to a priest to intercede on my behalf. But I can get on my bended knee. I can fall prostrate on my face. Say, Lord, oh Lord, here I am in need of some assistance. Uh, I have some problems going on in my life. If there's some other people I try to call on. They can't help me. But you, oh Lord, you're there for me. Because sometimes my cell phone don't have five bars. <laughs> sometimes my cell phone may not have battery charge. Or maybe the phone lines might have gone down. But there's one line that's always open. <laughs> and that line is always ready for God to say, here I am, <laughs> try me. And I'm so glad today uh, that I can call on the name of the Lord. And you see here, Elijah called on the name of the Lord. And in his prayer, he did not say, Lord, what's her sin problem? Because he did not know and nor did he care. All I'm trying to point out here that every time somebody does not know what you've done wrong, but you know. That's for you to go to confess to God. But Elijah went with what he knew that God could do. He said, God, uh, I know you can stop the rain from falling. I, I know that you told me these things and you've done these things for Israel. But now, Lord, I'm coming to you to see can you give life back to this child. He's like, Lord, are you judging her as you judge Ahab? Did he, he went to Ahab and let him know because of the wrong that you have done, Ahab, God will judge you. Do you not know that God is a judge? Oh, he will judge you. And so we would rather receive truth and correction before we go down that wrong path. And so this woman realizing that God's judgment is real, realizing that maybe because of the sin that I've committed, that's why this is coming. But all we find out, Elijah says, Lord, uh, can you bring life back to this child? And Elijah lays on the child three times. What's this show? This shows Elijah not only had faith in God, but also he acted out his faith. Faith without works is dead. Elijah not only asked God to heal the child, but Elijah said, I'm going to do whatever I can <laughs> to heal this child. If it's laying on this child, Lord, you're going to do something. Because you realize, Elijah, it's not what I do, God, but what you do. But I'm here with this child pleading to you, praying to you, God, heal this child. And then the child's breath came back. You see here, Elijah realized that, God, you are in control. And this is pointing out something very specific here for the Israelites to understand. Because the Israelites during this time before the kings came and the monarchs came before Ahab, that they were doing what they wanted to do. They were worshiping idol gods like they wanted to. They were saying things and doing things hurting God. And they believed that Baal, Baal, this is the thing about Baal. Baal was a god that was the time of, of crops. And so when, during the rainy season, Baal was alive. But when the rain was not falling, Baal was dead. And so therefore, Baal had the power of resurrection because he's able to come from the dead and then bring back rain on the earth. But yet, there's no rain falling. There's no rain falling. Baal's dead. But yet, God can make a child still rise whether there's a rain falling or not. What I'm trying to point out to you is that they... Limit Baal to what he can only do, thinking he's doing these things. But God is showing, I'm above, 
and beyond Baal. Baal is not a god like me. Baal's one of them graven images that y'all worship, y'all talk to. Baal's that, that guy that Elijah had to gather together that he was sleeping, so they cried a little bit louder. He was slumbering, so they said, wake up, Baal. They was cutting their arms, saying, Baal, look at us. But all Elijah just said, Lord, you real. Bring down some fire. Whoosh. But old Baal, he did not speak, because Baal is silent. Baal's not real. But God is real. Tell somebody, God is real. Tell him he's a real help. Tell somebody, he's a real help. Because he was right there. Elijah realized that even though Baal can't do nothing, I know Jehovah, Lord, Adonai, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, he can speak life when things look dead. So this woman, she's now out of the scene. It's now just Elijah, the lad, and God. Sometimes... We need to go make sure, like Elijah, and say, you know what? I'm going to take the problem and go right before God. Did y'all see that? He took the problem and went right before God. He said, Lord, this is what it is. <laughs> this son is in need of life. What's in your life that you need to bring before God? You, you might be going on some trials and some tests in your life, and maybe you need to go through a sin checklist. Maybe you need to write down and say, Lord, a, a, a lust is not my problem. A, a fornication is not my problem. Adultery is not my problem. Stealing is not my problem. Goss Uh-oh, gossiping. Mm. Lord, I, I need to work. I've been talking about my boss at, at the job. I've been mad about how I've been, people have been losing their jobs. You know, sometimes we need to check ourselves and see what is hindering us from receiving God's blessings. And, and many times in our lives, yes, calamities may come, but yet the thing is this, that when we are tried and tested and we start thinking about our sin, that means there's some, something wrong in your life you need to remove out. Because it's not the Hebrews say that we need to remove all the sins that, that easily besets us, to remove it, what easily besets us so we can run the race because we have such a cloud of witness. So we need to remove what's easily besetting us. This woman realized there was something in her life that caused her pain and caused her problem. I don't know what your pain, your problem. I know what mine is. But oftentimes I got to get before the Lord and say, Lord, uh, this is what it is. And I need, your, I need your help. Only by the power of your Holy Spirit can I make it. And so we can see clearly here that Elijah realized, God, I, I can't make it with you, but Lord, can you bring breath back into this child? And then catch what he does. Then he brings the child back and presents the child alive and tells her, look, behold, your son, he's alive. He, 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 he makes sure that she catches and says, look, behold, your son, he's alive. And what's it showing to me is that many times in our lives, when, when we thought we were dead, we thought everything we believed in was gone, her hope was gone, the son that could work and, and bring property, she thought he was gone, and all of a sudden, everything she thought that was lost, God brought back to her. Am I talking to somebody here? See, when you think that you have control, you're going to lose everything that you have. But when you let go and say, God, I give it to you, it's amazing what he gives back to you. See, she needed some help, so Elijah helped her out. So you came to the child with me. There's nothing I can do. But I'm going to take the child to God. There's something that he can do. God can take the dead and make them alive. God can, take, can change a rubber-baked mind and, and make it a 
holy mind. God can take a marriage that's falling apart and reconcile it back unto himself. It's all by the power of the Holy Spirit. God can grab a wayward child and bring that child back home without a scratch on his body. Am I talking to somebody here? Realize that, Lord, there's nothing that I can do, but I put this uh, in your hands. It, it might be my finances. It might be my children. It might be my spouse. Uh, Lord, I put it in your hands. And some of us even need to get a little bit closer to our house and start thinking about this, that you might be talented and gifted in some things, and you think you got control over this. Uh, you, th you think I sing how I want to sing. I play how I want to play. I'll teach and how I want to teach. I'll preach how I want to preach. I'll, I'll change my children how I want to change them. I will, uh, I'll be a boss, a, a CEO, an accountant, a nurse, a doctor like I want to be. But when you want to be like that, God will let you be. And you won't be all that you can be. But when you join the army of God, <laughs> you can be all that you can be. Because God will know how to elevate you. God will know how to position you. God will know how to place you in the proper place with power and authority that things start working in your favor. Look what happened to this widow's life. She believed in God, but she needed some help in her unbelief. That might be some of us right now that we do believe in God, but Lord, there's some areas in my life I need some assistance in. Uh, she was first ready to die, but God told through Elijah, keep on going to that barrel, and it won't run empty. She kept on going, and it, and it wasn't running empty. And, and then sometime later, another trial came up. Uh, her son uh, was getting ill, and, and Elijah said, I'll go uh, to back to God. And God can speak life right into this child. Am I talking to somebody here? It got me thinking about a Lazarus. They thought Lazarus was gone. They said, Jesus, if you had been here, he would not have been dead. But Lazarus tells us, open up the tomb. And he spoke, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came walking out in some dead man's clothes. And they took them clothes off and gave him some new clothes. Because we need to realize when God changes us. When God raises us, when he transforms us, we need to start walking around in some dead clothes. When we've been changed, let us walk changed. When we've been renewed, let us be that new creation. Let us be that new creature. Do we see here? Look what the widow realized when she saw the change happening before. She says, now I know. <laughs> That the God you serve is truth and you speak truth. Do you see that? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus points out how the truth will set you free. When you know the truth, it's amazing how the shackles start getting loose. <laughs> when you know the truth. It's amazing how what looks dead starts becoming life. When you know the truth, like Deacon Wilder was testifying, it's amazing how you can go to God and say, Lord, uh, it's in your hands. I, I commit my mother. Lord, when I know you are the truth, uh, it's not the doctor's hands uh, that's going to heal my body. Uh, it's not the doctor's scalpel. Uh, it's not the medicine. But God, only by your hand, uh, by your healing touch, uh, let your will be done. And I'll be so thankful uh, and give you all the glory. 
am I talking to somebody here that can testify knowing that there's been some times in my life uh, I don't know who to turn to but God has always uh, been there he truly is my light uh, my rock uh, my redeemer and I write Deacon Wells uh, I know in times of trouble uh, in the midnight hour somebody might not answer their phone but I can call on uh, the name of the Lord uh, I can spend some time with him and let him speak life uh, right into my life uh, because I want to drive something here it said that God heard uh, Elijah I say that again it said that God heard uh, Elijah I say that again somebody's not with me it said God heard Elijah do you not know he hears you So stop stick standing around with your head down. Stop walking around like you have nothing. Just start calling to your God who owns a cattle on a thousand years. Start calling on your God from where your help coming. Your, your help coming from the Lord. Start calling on Him who's mighty and awesome in power, and start realizing that no matter where you go, no matter what you do, <laughs> there's a God that's more than able. <laughs> That can change your circumstances. That can change your situations. That can stretch out whatever you thought you don't have and make it. He can change it. Why? Because it's his will. So if you're walking around with your head bowed down. And you're thinking about what's blocking you from getting to God. Go ahead and confess it right now. Just let him. He knows what it is. He already knows what it is. Don't try to fool him. Just tell him. Lord, this is what it is. And I'm bringing it to you, God, because I know you speak life, not death. Lord, I understand that you know what's best for me. And I want to hand my life over to you, God. Your word says that you want us to have life and have it more abundantly, God. And, and since your ways are higher than my ways, your thoughts are greater than my thoughts. Your word tells me, God, that you never sleep, no slumber. And, and if I just wait on you, you will renew my strength. God, I trust you more than I ever did before. Because, God, I realize every day I grow. Every, every day the enemy's trying to get me. Every day my flesh rises up against me. But, Lord, by your spirit, oh, I can make it. Are you ready to surrender to the spirit? Are you ready? To surrender to the Lord. And realize this, this, this widow, she thought everything she had was gone. But yet, Elijah stepped right on in. And he blocked death from that child. Elijah stepped right on in. And said, Lord, can you bring life back to this situation? Do you not know? That while yet we were still sinners. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Do you not understand that when we were living in wickedness and darkness, the light came <laughs> to save you? Do you not understand that Jesus blocked judgment from coming in your life? Do you not understand that Jesus blocked death from entering into your life? Am I talking to somebody here? I just want you to understand that whosoever believes shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That boy, he got rose up again, but he was going to die again. But I'm telling you, there's a time when I'm going to confess in Jesus, and my body's going to experience. You might bury me here, right here, and have a long using some good chicken salad, but my body is going to be resurrected, uh, not to be perished again. Uh, I'm going to see him uh, face to face. Uh, I'm going to be shaking hands uh, with the elders. Uh, I'll see him.
over in glory. Because I know that this is not the end. And when we realize that, Lord, everything that I have belongs to you, it's amazing how he can add on to what we think we already have. He added on to our house with more food. She added on the life of her son. Do you not see that? Tell somebody, God will add on. Tell somebody, God will add on. When you obey, tell them, when you obey. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. We, we, we want stuff for free, but when we obey, God will bless you. Trusting on the tribe. Trust God. Elijah showed the widow how to go to God on the trial. Jesus showed the disciples how to go to God on the trial. Paul taught us how to go to God on the trial. Everybody right here is going on the trial. Whether through the recession, the economic situation, whatever it may be. But yet there's a God that he will be here. He's the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. And all that you're going through is not too great for him and not too big for him. So do not let your sin block you. Confess it. Let it go. And let God use you, grow you, and strengthen you so you can see how he has called you to greater things, bigger things, and larger things. Because what you thought you had, God shows I have so much more. So much more. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, here we are to you right now, God. Want to trust you more and more in our lives. Father, Lord, we realize, God, that we have no control, that we have no power, but you have all power. You are sovereign. You are awesome. So, Lord, here we are giving our lives to you. And, Lord, as we give our lives to you, we realize that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so, Father, we ask you to forgive us of all of our sins, knowingly and unknowingly. Lord, we, are, we want to be specific right now, God, whether it be fornication, Lord, whether it be adultery, Lord, whether I, I'm a liar, Lord, whether I'm, I'm a stealer, Lord. Lord, we want to confess to you right now, right now, right now, Lord, and lay it before you, because you already know. And, Lord, we ask you to bless us indeed. Bless us indeed. Show us your way. Guide us and direct, uh, direct us as only you can. And Lord, as we're meditating on your goodness, is there someone here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Lord, we're so thankful that your word said that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he died on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave, we shall be saved. So Lord, there's someone here that believes that right now. We thank you. For salvation. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you that you are Lord. Father, Lord, move in this place. Speak to our hearts. We, your servants, are ready to hear and obey. Amen. May we stand and extend a hand of the